Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Well, welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. This is episode number 60, and I am so glad to have you here with me today. Our guest today is somebody that I've gotten to know over the past couple of months. We are in a mastermind group together, and I have seen her put out some amazing work into the world, and I'm so thrilled that she can be here today to share her story, share how she's used the arts in her life, and really tell you about her movement. Welcome to the show, Lila. Hello. It's great to be here today. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, take us back a little bit and tell us who you are and kind of how you got into this world of art. Awesome. So yeah, I was eight years old the first time my mom took me to art class. And it was actually, I had kind of expressed interest um, as a kid, you know, always being artsy. And I remember those little like alphabet puzzles that you know, you could do to match up your letters. Um, my sister, you know, was like the smart one, the like, like booky one. And she like at two years old was like putting it in order and, you know, had it all organized or whatever. And I was sitting on the side, like putting them in color piles. So putting all the red (laughs) alphabets, all the red letters in one pile and the green letters in another pile. So my mom right away noticed that I was, that I had that art bent. And my dad was an architect, um, Mm. a self-taught architect kind of started at, you know, I think he was 16 when he got his first drafting job. Yeah. And by the time he was 25, he had like taught himself drafting and um, had, you know, taken the the test that you have to take to get your license and was already teaching at a school. So um, kind of followed in my dad's footsteps, although um, I went more the design route rather than the like architecture route. Um, and so, yeah, in art classes from about eight until I was uh, like 16, 17. And from a really gifted, uh, teacher, her name was Mrs. Irwin and she, um, pretty much knew every medium. Her specialty was watercolor, but she taught me charcoal and pastel and pencil. And, um, she taught me lettering. She taught me a little bit of sculpture, kind of, we kind of went through everything. And by the time I was a teenager, she told me, she was like, well, you can pay me to like come and sit and paint with me. Or, you know, like you're kind of, you kind of learned everything you could. (laughs) So, it was kind of a, an apprenticeship type situation, which was really cool. And I was really blessed with, and I know um, my mom and dad invested a lot in having that for me. So that's kind of where it started. And then since my dad was an architect, he ended up having his own business. And so always had access to technology, like the latest mm-hmm. programs, always had Adobe Creative Cloud, like, or not the cloud, but always had the new suite every year. And so um, I was just bored in the office for the, the most yeah. part. We were homeschooled. So after I got my school done, it was like, you know, hop on the computers and play around. So I started on paint and graduated to Photoshop and then eventually, you know, taught myself illustrator and InDesign. So, um, kind of my parents just kind of provided all of that for me. And then I, it was my, you know, desire to learn more and to keep trying that, um, kind of grew that. That's amazing to have that support when you were growing up. I know for a lot of parents, sometimes, you know, we like to give our kids those things, those tools when they're younger, but as they get older, I find this even 
in myself who I consider myself an artist. However, there are those practical days like, oh, we really probably should work on some math today. Right. <laughs> Instead of figuring out these beautiful colors or how to create something. Um, so I love that your parents were able to give you that tool and you have two little, little boys. And so how are you planning to be able to equip them with the opportunities to really take their, their unique gifts in their own direction? Yeah. So I've actually got a boy and a girl. So my oldest is a boy and then mm. our youngest is a daughter. And um, yeah, there it's fun to watch them start to develop um, things that they like and watch their talents kind of come out. My son is like a total engineer. Mm. Like he <laughs> at like 18 months was taking apart my vacuum and putting it back together. Wow. Um, and so <laughs> that's kind of a, a funny thing some days because he'll just like destroy stuff. And <laughs> I'm like, you can't just destroy stuff, especially if you can't put it back together. Yeah. So a friend of mine actually suggested having like old appliances that he could go in and play mm -hmm. with. You just like chip right. off the cord and, and, you know, let them go to town. But, um, and my daughter, she's, she's almost three. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly, um, what she likes and, and where her bent is. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're pretty observant. Like we watch them. We, you know, kind of observe like how they interact with other kids and what they, you know, what their bent is towards if they're introverted, extroverted, that type of thing. Um, so just kind of being present with them and, and talking to them. My daughter right now says she wants to be an astronaut because she wants to go to space and see all the planets. Yes. So I'm sure that will change, you know, as they get older and stuff. Um, but they're both pretty smart from what I know, like my mom is, my mom's a little biased, but she always tells me like, he's so smart. <laughs> so they're, they're both learning and growing and, and we're just kind of building that space for them. Yeah. And I, I love that too. And, and what you said is so important for parents, especially if they're parents who are both of them working outside the home, mm -hmm. the time they get to spend with their kids is so small. So to really be able to disconnect and be observant and be present, I think those are such valuable lessons that even if there's five minutes, that's something we can all do today to really get to know our kids. So, so that's brilliant that you guys you guys have that. So you're both working from home now. So yes. you get to observe them even more. Yeah. Um, and they, and they get to observe us. So that's yes. kind of interesting. Like them seeing us work, like my daughter will come up, she came up to me the other day and had, um, we've got like a really old like battleship game. That's like, you know, the like black and white. It's like, so it's like from the nineties and I'm, I swear it's had the batteries in it for like 20 years. <laughs> and it's like awesome. still working. Yeah, but she brought it over to me and she had, she had it on her ear and she's like, mom, uh, shh, I'm working, I'm working mom. <laughs> so, yes. so they understand like the difference between mom's working and mom's, you know, present yeah. with you. Um, so that's, that's been kind of fun to yeah. see. And now that dad's home, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't have it any other way now with yeah. him. Home. Like he'll be on for, you know, a couple hours at the coffee shop or he'll go meet some friends or whatever. And they're like, where's dad? Like what, why is he being gone? <laughs> No, that's so awesome. And I remember too that, that journey growing up for my kids too, because from the moment they were born, I was packing them to rehearsals and they came to, you know, what I had to set a new piece set for a production, they would just come with me. And so they had those same hours that I did as well. Um, so it was just so fun that they learned from a very young age what it meant to be when it was a time to listen and when it was a time to interact because they came to meetings, you know, board meetings and everyone's in their suits and ties. And here I have the baby on the pack and here I am to uh -huh. do the meeting. And so I think it's a brilliant way to raise kids because now as my kids are getting older, 
they never talk about getting a job. They uh -huh. always talk about someday mom, I want to have my business and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it just fills my heart with joy to hear that because, you know, while I, I think school is a great place to go and it's um, a brilliant place for kids to learn, I think sometimes it can be a little stifling yeah. because they're not really encouraged to discover their true purpose or their mm -hmm. true talents. And, you know, if, if they are really artistic or musical, you know, an hour a week is not nearly enough time for them to really experience and really dive into what that could look like for them. Right. So, yeah, the entrepreneurial road definitely, I think, is just a brilliant way to be able to raise kids and to help them understand what it means to be independent and what it mm -hmm. means to, to go out there and be bold. Because sometimes they see, I'm sure as your kids get older too, they'll recognize, mom is going to launch something and there's going to be a new product. So things feel a little bit different around here. It's, yeah, things get a little more stressful. Yeah, the, the ebbs and the flows of what the business looks like. So I right. love that. So as an artist, I want to know from you, what do you feel that art provides kids that they aren't getting in regular classes at school? Um gosh, I mean, it's kind of twofold because there's the art part, but then there's the entrepreneur part. And mm -hmm. so you can be a non-artistic entrepreneur um, and neither of those things are really provided in school um, that I've seen. Um, and so I don't know, like you've got to, if your kids are in public school, if your kids are in a program where that's not really a thing that is there, um, you've got to like figure out how to weave it in somehow um, cause it's not, it's, it, it should be something that is just kind of available for them that they, they could then like take and run with like my parents did for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason that I got into doing what I do now, even though I started the business before I had kids, as they were growing, I was attending graduate school and learning really about how arts really changes the brain and how it really mm -hmm. makes us more um, open to being able to experience things and take more risks and, and, and really leading us down the entrepreneurial road versus the school sort of way where I feel like we're all trained to do the same things and everyone has some sort of same basic level of competency across the board. And if you're not good enough in that, you know, they tend to look at weaknesses and try to remediate kids versus saying, oh, you know what, it's okay. This, this math part will catch up. You know, yeah. you're really great at doing this over here. Maybe you're a brilliant writer. So mm -hmm. let's see where that takes us. I really wish schools had time in their day and teachers had time in their day to really allow kids to really dive into who they are and what they love because I think that would really change the direction of the school experience for so many kids. Yeah. Yeah. And even though I was homeschooled, I still had to take, you know, the SAT and the ACT yeah. and all, all the different tests as I was in the star testing, as you were, you know, going after each grade, you had to like figure out where you were basically. And I was a terrible tester and I felt so dumb as a kid. Um, but I remember my mom had us like take our IQ or whatever. And my IQ is like, like on average, like higher than most people. And I was always so confused because I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm dumb. Like I, I can't take a test. Like I can't, you know, do math in my head. I can't, you know, sit down and solve a, a long division problem without struggling really hard. And yet my IQ and, you know, my people skills and all these other artistic things, I'm really, really talented and totally come easy to me. Um, and so you know, making sure that as a parent, you're, you're affirming those things in your kid. And my parents did a great job at that. And I still felt like dumb. <laughs> like, like I'm not I'm never going to go anywhere in the world. Like I had those thoughts as a little like 10 year old kid. And so, yeah. um, 
yeah, making sure you're just creating that space that makes them realize the value of the arts and, and how, like, I mean, I, I run a business and so there's a lot of not artsy stuff I have to do every day, but because I'm so passionate about the art part of it, Mm -hmm. I, I figure it out. Like I, you know, I just make it work and do the things I need to and do, you know, the, have the spreadsheets and have the things that I have to organize and, you know, the budget and all those things. So, um, but that's because I'm trying to, you know, work on my art more and more. And so, um, I'm not, I'm not math smart, but I figure out what I have to know to make it work. Well, and I can relate to your story on so many levels. I think there are so many parallels in our experiences growing up because I had the same ones too, where, you know, I went to school and math was not my strong suit. I really excelled at English. Whereas my brother, he was the engineering, the mechanic, you know, that was his gift. And the English part for him was really hard. But for school, for him, school was so easy. And I used to think, gosh, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Why does it take me so much longer to get it? And I can get really good grades, but when it comes to these tests, they're embarrassingly low. Right. Well, I have to tell with you tell you that I didn't discover this secret, I guess I'll call it, um, until graduate school. I took mm-hmm. a whole course on pedagogy and learning and discovered Howard Gardner and his theory of multiple intelligences mm-hmm. and about how each of us has eight different intelligences, but schools teach and test to two of them. Yeah. Right. So if you happen to be brilliant in any of those other ones, I mean, pretty much you're not going to do great on these tests, which make us as kids feel lesser than. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, I carried that around till I was in my 30s until I learned this. And I was like, oh, my whole educational experience makes sense. And now I understand. And so that's what I love to help parents discover is that it's okay. You know, a test is a test. It tests one single point in the day, but mm-hmm. we're not going to hang our hat on that result. Let's talk about some of the other things that you know your kid is brilliant at and let them express themselves and, you know, ways to talk to the teachers so we can bring those talents into the classroom to make them feel worthy and make them feel as smart as the other kids in class because absolutely all these little babies in the world are so smart that I feel like, again, you know, they're walking a very narrow path where it's one definition of what smart looks like. And right. it, it's disheartening a lot of times. I've talked to parents and I'm, I'm sure you have as well, where it's just so sad because their kid is so smart. You know them from different things and they're struggling so much in school and there's so much stress around, oh, my kid is going to get held back or my kid is going to get remediated. And what does that mean? And there's a lot of just, I guess, social anxiety about how our kids do as we live kind of vicariously through them. So I just think, again, what you have to say about giving your kids this space, whether it's at home or whether they're going to schools, giving them space during the day when there's little structure, when they can start to explore and whether it's to deconstruct these, these appliances. I love that. My brother did the same thing and he could never put them back together again. Was the, right. was the problem. <laughs> I to take them apart, but never putting back together. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> At least not correctly. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just, I just love that philosophy in parenting. And if parents are listening today, I really hope that they, you know, can take this little bit again about taking the time being present and creating opportunities for their kids to really explore because really it's about you know we have all this time during our childhood to explore and it's uh, we want them to be able to feel good knowing that they're going out into the world and doing these great things and people are supporting them along the way yeah yeah it's uh, that's how we plan to raise our kids like um 
there's like Montessori type Mm -hmm. school. Um, and that's what we're hoping to get them in this year. And like, it's, it's non-digital, like there's nothing where, you know, they're on tablets or they're watching TV. Like it's all, um, this idea I heard a couple weeks ago was like, you just like set out, uh, you know, a set of books all on astronomy or all on, you know, color theory or all on one topic. And then they just kind of like explore the room and like get to learn what they want to learn. And what that does is it creates, you know, patterns in your brain where you like learning because it's not forced upon you. And so then, I mean, even my husband and I'll sit, you know, at night and watch a bunch of, you know, documentaries or different YouTube videos or whatever to teach ourselves more. So we're just, we consider ourselves the lifelong learners. And so, you know, especially at my kids age, they're two and four. Um, and they both already know their alphabet. They both already know all the colors. You know, they can, my son is already writing and spelling, which is freaking me out a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> they're both really smart, but we, we give them that space and yeah. we're helping them learn how to learn and how to love learning. Yes. And you should check out the unschooling movement. Yes. I Yes. That's probably what we're going to do. Yes. Because it really is about that, about allowing your kids to explore different areas of interest and letting their their fascination with that take them to the next place and you learn everything along the way but it's that drive to learn and that eagerness and hunger for learning that everything else just falls into place as it's meant to fall into place there's no there's not necessarily structure or or by the time you're three you do this and by the time you're five you do this it just evolves and I think that's such a beautiful way to let our kids grow up yeah and it takes a little bit of like parents having to let go. Like I would love for my kids so to grow and take over the family business, but maybe they want to be an astronaut and a engineer and they <laughs> right. want to move to, you know, across the country or out of the country or whatever. And so as parents, we've got to take a deep breath and like step mm-hmm. back and not have that, you know, need to control over them and just let them kind of, you know, take it from where they're at. Absolutely. So I want to change subjects a little bit here. I want to talk about creativity. As a creative, I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard this before from people around you who are in business, who are doing certain things, and they just say, well, flat out say, I am not creative. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that to be true? I get that all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my mom is the worst one. She's always like, I'm not creative. I can't even draw a stick figure. Um, and no, that is all about what the Wake to Make movement is about. And uh, you can find us on Instagram if you just do the hashtag Wake to Make. Um, and we've got, you know, courses and all kinds of stuff. But the idea behind the movement is that everyone is a maker and everyone yes. creates. And, um, you know, whether it's, you know, I always say whether you're building a roof or making coffee or making someone's day, um, you're, you're, you're putting something out into the world. Like, what are you producing? Um, and so that is a form of creativity. Um, I can't, for the life of me, make latte art. But there's a barista <laughs> downtown that I absolutely love and go to almost every day to get my latte art. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't have a roof over my head. So yes, everyone has their own thing. And so, you know, if you're passionate about roofing, then that's what you should be doing. If you're passionate about coffee, you should be making coffee. Um, and none of them are unequal. Like all of them are important. We all need roofs and we all need coffee. Like they all have a role in the world. And so um, embracing that and realizing that that is how you are creative. Um, Writers are creative. Um, People who, you know, speak and do like speaking engagements are creative. People who, you know, move around ideas and, and start movements and encourage people and, you know, any sort of way that you aren't consuming, you're producing something. So what is that? Yeah. 
And I love that you said everyone creates because that is so true, no matter what your passion is, even if it's not really your passion, but you're doing it to be able to support your family. There's something being created or produced at the end of the day that wasn't there before. Right. And that's when you think about it in those terms, it's almost magical. It's like, okay, what kind of magic can I create today? Because Okay, like my mom works in a bakery. When she goes in the morning, you know, there's no bread, there's no pastries, and she gets to create, bake all that, and then display it all. So, I mean, she's making really nothing and creating this beautiful something that lots and lots of people, it's part of their day. So being able to step back and say, what did I create today? And really having that mind shift about creativity is not about your artistic ability. For mm-hmm. me, creativity is really about problem solving, the way right. you the way you are able to uncover certain things that no one else sees. Mm-hmm. To me, that's creativity. And I just love that. Yeah. And you mentioned the wake to make movement. So I want to segue into that because I think it's such a great movement. And you have so many people who are now discovering that they are creative. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're creating something brilliant and putting something out into the universe and the universe gets to see it. And I think that's so beautiful. So tell me a little bit about how that movement started, you know, where, where it began and where it is today. Yeah, it actually started as a design job I did for uh, Thrive Magazine, Thrive with a Y. Um, it's a women's magazine. Um, and she write, you know, she has people submit art and um, articles and that type of thing. And um, it's a beautiful magazine. You should definitely check it out. Um, but she had me do a quote that was, I wake to make beautiful things. And I was like, Oh, that's a cute quote. Like I, you know, I made it, I made it a print in our shops. People could go buy it. And then I, at one point just hashtag wake to make. And I was like, that's a really cool concept. Like what, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. And it just kind of became a thing. And now there's like, I think the last time I checked, there's like 50,000 tags on Instagram. I just started telling people, Hey, you know, tag this, nice. this hashtag and, you know, connect with other makers, connect with other people who make cool stuff. Um, and so it's grown into this, this idea and what, you know, we kind of have shifted and focused on is um, monetizing what you make. So, so building a business around what you love to do so that you never work a day in your life, as the quote says. Um, helping, helping people who, you know, oh, I just make cool stuff, like what now? Because there's mm-hmm. so much that goes along with running a business. Um, so kind of equipping people who already know what they make, already know they love to make soap or already know they, you know, enjoy uh, coaching or, you know, whatever it is, and then giving them the tools they need to build a business around that. That's so amazing. Cause I think that sometimes, especially as moms, I think we forget about that creative part of ourselves and we're, we're so focused on raising our kids and getting them to play dates and being able to make sure they go to the park and have their sunshine and their activity. We forget what it's like to take that time for ourselves and step back and say, what do I want to create today? Or what did I used to love to do when I was a kid that I don't do it anymore? Right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this new course that you're offering, because I think for for two reasons, parents could really just eat this up on so many levels. They could get it to where it's something that they do together with their kids and create beautiful things together for their house, for for gifts, or even just for mamas who need a space, who need half an hour a day for them to meditate, for them to really just step away from everything else, all the other responsibilities, and take time for themselves. So tell us more about what you've created. 
Yeah, so it is called For the Love of Lettering, and we have a few different course options. Um, so you can kind of pick it up if you're, you know, if you've never lettered before or if you want like the full package, there's kind of a couple options in between. And basically, it's going to teach you um, the art of brush lettering. So brush lettering is different than calligraphy, but it is um, similar in styles. Calligraphy is a little, there's a lot more rules, it's a little more rigid. Brush lettering is very free. Um, it's really popular right now, so I'm sure you've seen it all over um, advertising things and online. Um, but you can learn how, if you know how to write, you know how to brush letter. Um, you just need to know, uh, you know, some of the techniques and using the different tools. And so, yeah, I've actually had a few, probably four or five now people tell me, like, oh, I got this for my grandkid who's 10 because he wants to learn how to brush letter. And so a lot of kids are interested in it. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it, it walks you through the basics, um, what tools you want to use, um, gives you, you know, examples of all the alphabet or all the letters in the alphabet. Um, and then it also will show you how to digitize that. So if you run a business and you want lettering to be a part of your branding or you want to make t-shirts or mugs or something like that, that's custom to your hand lettering, uh, it'll walk you through kind of all of that, um, and, and different techniques for how to accomplish that really, really simply. Um, and then how to, you know, monetize that if you want to figure out how to, how to sell that. So it's really been really fun. I've had all kinds of different people buy it, which has really surprised me. I figured it would be, you know, creative entrepreneurs who have some extra time to, you know, add some, some, uh, lettering to their branding. Like that was it. But I've had people who, um, are sign makers, people who just want to make a t-shirt for their movement, mm -hmm. people who bought it for their grandkids, um, all kinds of people. Everyone loves the lettering. And so, um, you know, after taking the course, people, they can actually write pretty thank you notes. They can actually, you know, write letters like people used to all the time. And so it's been really fun to see what type of people buy the course. And that's awesome too. And as, I, as you're talking and, and hearing about all these different people buying it, I just see a, you know, a great application when kids get thir into third, fourth, fifth grade as they're learning to do cursive. Right. What a great way to document how their handwriting changes over the years mm -hmm. and be able to put that artistic spin so they can start creating their own things. And again, really finding that value in who they are and the individual individuality of what they create. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Or and even, every, everyone's handwriting is different. So that's, what's tons of fun. It's like a fingerprint. Um, no matter, no matter if you try and copy someone else's, like it's still going to have your, your touch on it. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome too. And, and even like I can think of for little kids when they're learning how to write, because their, their fine motor skills aren't quite there, so they're already kind of doing that creative writing as well, but to be able to document, okay, this is what it looked like at three, and then have the next page in the book be, okay, this is how you were at four. And we all capture pictures, but to be able to incorporate this writing element and this really personal nature of being able to document a moment in your kid's history, I just think, I mean, that just gets me so excited to think about where that could lead and, and what could be created and how families could bond over this and classrooms could learn to really have some fun with handwriting if it's not everyone's favorite thing to do. It really just, this course really could just turn everything we do in writing into just a little more fun, which we all could use some more fun in our lives. So I just, I wanna congratulate you on putting this together because I just think it's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. I actually created a booklet, like a practice booklet. So you can go in and, and trace the letters that mm -hmm. I show you how to do. And then there's a space for you to kind of make it your own and add, you know, your own 
uh, flourishes and, and styles and stuff. So um, you can either get that if you buy the masterclass or you can buy it on our shop if you just want the booklet um, without any of the courses. So there's a lot of different options for getting involved in it um, and it kind of touches every budget. So that's perfect. Yeah. And where can they go to find out more information about this course? You can go to waketomake.com and there's our shop on there and there's also um, links to our courses. But if you go to waketomake.com forward slash and that is like a, it's a free download that shows you all the tools you need um, for lettering, including our mini course that we offer to get you started. Um, and it'll show you, it'll take you right to Amazon to show you, you know, which, which tools we recommend for starting um, and kind of walk you through just like basics, like here, you know, get yourself prepped for, you know, learning how to letter. And so that's kind of a fun uh, free download that people are really enjoying. Perfect. And I will actually put those in the show notes as well, because I know um, internet is so funny, the connection sometimes tends to break up at the most inopportune times. So <laughs> as, as you were giving the website address, um, you're breaking up a little bit. So I will of definitely course. make sure that I put that in the show notes and people can click to get right to you. All right. I know your time is very valuable, Lila, and I want to thank you for being here today. Um, is there one final parting piece of advice that you could give to parents about um, allowing their kids to be more creative or really just, you know, letting their kids be kids? Be um, relax a little. That's a great <laughs> I know, I know that's hard because I don't like my son coloring on the walls with my expensive markers. Um, but allowing them to kind of be a part of your creativity. And even if you're not creative, allowing them to have the creative tools to, um, really just explore. Um, and the, you, and you know, there's like washable markers and stuff you can use. Um, but Fletcher loves to use my, like my art tools. And sometimes I'm just like, Oh, like these are so expensive. Please don't ruin them. But when I let him do that, I see a whole other part of him open up. And so it's worth it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Such great advice. Relax. Cause as moms, we have so many things we're trying to juggle and dads too that we forget to have some fun and just let things unfold. We tend to get really tense. So the idea of relaxing, just releasing a breath or whatever you need to do to get to right. a space of relaxation and just getting to a moment of presence and being there with your kids. I think that's also such a great takeaway that you've shared with us today. Yeah, there's actually, I did a little section in the course that's like a meditative mm. um, just recording you can listen to to get in okay. the mood. So that would be a fun thing to do with your kids too. To, it just walks you through like breathing and getting calm and adjusted and, you know, in a, in a seated position where you can uh, start to let her because it is very relaxing if you let it be. I know for some people <laughs> when they're starting out, they're like, I'm not good at this. They're angry, yes. like they're frustrated. Um, yes. If you can get to that place where it is a relaxing thing, um, it's, it's, really, really meditative and, and calming. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'll have to check it out for myself too. And both of my girls are very creative and like to make things all the time. So I'm sure that this is something that they would love to do. And I can, I, we just got a, a heat press. So right. I'm sure that if they could design their own stuff and letter their own stuff, they'd be making t-shirts for all of their friends. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, how awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really have enjoyed our time together and learning so much about what you do and what you're creating for the universe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is one of my favorite topics. So I loved it. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. To really accelerate your ability to unleash your child's superpowers and raise smarter kids through the arts, 
We're creating loads of new resources, ways to connect, and ways to celebrate your successes. You can join our free Facebook community by visiting theartsmartparent.com or just search up Raising Smart Kids 2.0 on Facebook. I look forward to seeing you inside our community.